post phase and cheese steaks uh, episode 52 yeah tim's got uh, his lovely uh london mugs going on over there how's uh how's the how's england treating you Oh well, it's been really nice actually. I got a little sunburn. I didn't think I'd be getting sunburn over in England, but tomorrow's the end of the trip, so I'll be back stateside soon enough. I like huh. the hat you're rocking. Look at you repping the yeah, a little 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 post phase and cheese six hat. You know, got to represent. It looks good on you. It ties the whole look together. Of course. Um, yeah, I got my. Uh, so today will be a, a draft episode. Tim and I will go through our um, our mock drafts as of uh, today. So. Friday, um, the week before the draft. Um, we do have trades involved, so might be a little bit of spice, you know, sprinkled in here. See if anyone, oh, yeah. see if either of us do anything extravagant or outrageous, but it's the fun of the mocks, you know. Honestly, no no mocks ever really come super close, so, I mean, it's not like picking a March Madness bracket. Like, th- these are, like, you could, ten, 10 out of 10 times there's a player that wasn't supposed to go in the first round that goes in the first round, so... Yeah, yeah. I think I, I got like six or seven picks right on my mock last year, and it was probably the best I've I've done on any of these. So it's really outside the top five. It's a crapshoot. Yeah, I. It was funny that um that we were recording today because um, I got one of those like Facebook reminders where it's like, hey, remember this picture you posted like so and so years ago? And they they uh it was a picture from twenty I think it was the twenty thirteen draft when I did my mock, <laughs> it wasn't very good, but like so, to hear some of the names, like for example, my top five was I had Luke Joggle to the Chiefs, Deion Jordan to the Jags, Sharif Floyd to the Raiders, Eric Fisher to the Eagles, and then Lane Johnson to the Lions. So. Oh, wow. Look at that. You, so you didn't yeah. get the first overall pick, right? I know. <laughs> um, that was it, pretty easy. Give me one. Yeah, that was a, I mean, D, I, do you remember D Milner, how hype he was as a corner coming out? And then, yeah, thing with Barkevius Mingo. That draft was really bad. I mean, I, I still think oh, Farlane Johnson this, was the best pick. This draft, yeah, this first round was brutal. I mean, uh, Chance Warmack, Kenny Vaccaro, DJ Fluker, uh, Jarvis Jones, Tavon Austin. Don't forget, you mentioned uh, the Deion Jordan pick, but they traded up to go get him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Williams, uh, Alec Ogletree, Eric Reed, Justin Hunter. Uh, that sounds even worse when you go through it. Remember that? The, I think he was a he was a an end. Um, Bojan was it Bojan Werner, the guy from Florida State? I forgot how to pronounce his first name, but he was a bust. Yeah, the whole the whole first round really sounds pretty ugly. That was a, that was also the Justin Pugh. Uh, Representing Council Rock, he went to the he was drafted by the Giants. That was the first round, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that was just interesting to see. To, I mean, twenty thirteen. That's so. I mean, Lane Lane. It's crazy how long like Lane because he still feels like he's a younger player in, in a sense, but like he's been around the block. Like, he'll be on what eighth eighth ninth season coming up. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll do this one. See how this ages. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, so we can get uh, get right into it. So we'll go obviously uh, in order here, one to thirty-two of our of our picks, and uh, we'll just go back and forth. So, um, Tim will do Tim will start off on the odds, and then I'll do I'll start on the evens, and uh, see how it goes. So, who do you have? Uh, shocker! Who do you have? The Jacksonville Jaguars taking it number one. Yeah, this one was pretty easy. Uh, I think since his freshman year at Clemson everyone had this penciled in we just didn't know what team it was going to be so New York decided to you know go go on a two-game win streak and then the hope of bringing Trevor to New York but uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville easily I think this is the most locked in first overall pick in some time the guys are stud guys yeah I don't have to go too much into it I think everyone's been drooling over him for the last three years so we all know how good he is yeah I mean that's the thing I, I think most of the time we do have a good sense of who the number one pick is going to be, um, I mean, I felt like a great opportunity to wear my, uh, represent my Kyler Murray jersey. He went number one overall in 2019. And um, the only one that really surprised me in the past, like the past couple of years was uh, when the Browns, um, like, cause we, we really didn't know who they were going to take at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And then they 
I was pretty surprised when they picked Baker Mayfield. Um, but I mean, you know. that was last draft to have five quarterbacks in the first round, and not you know, no spoiler, but I this draft I have five quarterbacks going in the first round as well. The number one is pretty easy. It's been locked in since he won his championship his freshman year. They just had to wait three years for him to come out. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a Jacksonville and Urban Meyer and him can start turning turning that franchise around. Yeah, I also have shocker Trevor Lawrence quarterback Clemson to Jacksonville. Um, number two is also, I feel like, pretty consensus at this point. Um, I have the Jets taking quarterback Zach Wilson of BYU. So, yeah, that one's, I think the real the draft doesn't really start until we get to like pick four or maybe pick three, depending on what you think. Yeah, I saw, um, what was it back on the Lawrence thing, real quick? I just saw a thing on Twitter. If you, in order to win ten thousand dollars on a bet that Trevor Lawrence will get drafted number one by the Jaguars. You'd have to bet a million dollars. Like that's how sure it is that he's going to be taken. Um, on to number three, obviously with the big trade, we got the Niners. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if I agree with it, but ever since <sighs> the trade went down, I've heard this name being floating around and I, you know, you can't, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So I see Kyle Shanahan bringing in Mac Jones to be his guy. That's what I've been hearing. That's what I think everyone's saying. Yeah. Um, you know, Shanahan's an offensive genius. I think he's really an incredibly smart offensive play caller. Um, so maybe he's just looking like I just need a guy that's accurate that can make good decisions and I'll take care of the rest scheme wise. Um, but you know, listen, Mac Jones reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had an incredible year with um Kyle Shanahan as office coordinator. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to that route. Yeah. So I understand it. I don't know if I'd make that pick, but it sounds like that's what's gonna happen. So I'm penciling Mac Jones at three, three quarterbacks right off the bat. I also have three quarterbacks, but I do not have Mac Jones. Um, okay. and I get it. I know that everyone's having that's like, you know, the consensus. And I mean, it, it's, you hear very different reports from him. Um, like his combine wasn't that great. Um, but a lot of people are saying that his, he's like very NFL ready because of how he's like a very quick learner, very quick thinker. Um, like I, I heard an example, he was like given, a certain amount of plays and he was able to like, like when he was doing uh, being scouted and stuff and he yeah. was able to like recite them and like give you complete details. So he's very intelligent for a football, like as a football logistics, logistics stuff. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't, I, I have Justin Fields going to the Niners. I just, like you said, I think it's smoke, but instead of the fire, there's just, it's just more smoke. And I don't think they'll actually take Mac Jones. Um, so I, if I was the Niners, I would take Justin Fields instead. I think he's a really good prospect. So we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I get it. I, I think ultimately my last point of Mac is, is the Matt Ryan comparison is going to help him because he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan, but also outside of Trevor Lawrence, I think Mac Jones is the most NFL ready quarterback right now. And I expect the Niners to be looking not just to compete for the playoffs or the division, but to go right back, uh, and try to get to the Super Bowl. You know, the roster's still pretty good. The coaching staff's smart. Mm-hmm. They had some bad luck with injuries last year. But I think Mac Jones, if you're going with a real quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence, is the best at being NFL ready right now and be able to compete at a high level. So, but yeah, we'll see. I, like I said, not necessarily maybe who I'd pick, but I think it fits them as well and goes with the rumors. So uh, who did you have at four, which I think is where the real fun starts picking up. So, yeah, I, this is where I started having some fun. So number okay. four, we have a trade. Oh, you're getting real freaky on me. Oh, yeah. We have trade machine. We have the Denver Broncos trading with the Atlanta Falcons to move up into the number four spot to select the fourth quarterback in a row off the board, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Okay. I listen, I like it. Uh, obviously the nine the Broncos need a quarterback. I don't luck hasn't done enough, at least to bring in someone to compete. If nothing else, draft a guy in the first round, like draft a guy high to compete and you know yeah if if it doesn't elevate um drew lock and you end up with a better quarterback starting then it's a win-win essentially so fair enough so what what are in your idea what's it take in the broncos to get get up to four um i'm trying to remember i gave it was a so i I used walk the mock uh, dot com and they have like a evaluator where it shows the value of the pick so I think it was, it was a first. It was they swapped first, obviously, 
And then I think I had like Atlanta give up a, their first and a five. And then Denver gave up um, their current first, a second this year and a second next year. And then like a six. So okay, not, not terrible, terrible, but. Okay. Um, me, I, I the Falcons are in a weird spot. Uh, I think their team's much better than the record was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Quinn's finally out of the picture. And I think that does help him. Not necessarily that he's a bad coach, but just the stain of the Super Bowl just never seemed to wipe away um, with him there. Yeah. I think Arthur Smith ultimately goes in the next year with Matt Ryan as quarterback. I know the rumors about them paying quarterback, but you know what? It's a short, you know, NFL, you don't get a long chance. You know, nice. I don't think this guy. I don't think if the Falcons struggle, Arthur Smith might not get to stay around and see his quarterback um, of the future take over. So I think he goes for it, gets some help. I ultimately think he's going to take Kyle Pitts. I think the Falcons go with Pitts, pair him with Calvin Ridley, pair him with Julio. Um, you know, Arthur Smith did wonders for Ryan Tannehill and that uh, that Tennessee offense in general. I think he could definitely uh, win games and succeed with Matt Ryan, you know, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts out there. I think he's a difference maker. I think he's an incredible prospect. And, uh, Teams covering Julio Jones and Kyle Pitts sounds like a nightmare. So I'm going to hit the four. Yeah, I mean, if if Atlanta stays at four, um, I can see them also taking Trey Lance. Or I've been seeing a lot of Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta in the past week. So definitely yeah, would not be surprised. I, Matt Ryan can still do it. I really do. I, I think he's got a year or two left in, uh, with yeah. the Falcons. I'd say. Look at look at just the NFC South in general. There's plenty of uh, solid stories of older quarterbacks succeeding in his own division. So yeah. I think they're, they're going to, they keep Matt Ryan. He goes with it because the best chance of winning this year would be with Matt Ryan instead of any rookie. So I'm going to at number five. Um, I guess I'll roll right into that one as well. This one, this one seems, you know, everyone's been talking about Lawrence and Jaguars since the season's ended. This one, everyone's been talking about as well. And I think it makes the most sense. I know I'm hearing news about maybe reuniting Burrow and his buddy Jamar Chase, but you got to make sure Burrow can survive. He's already got a scar the size of a ruler on his knee. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Penny Sewell. They'll have two bookend tackles with him and Jonah Williams, their other first-round picks two years ago, and improve a horrible offense line. And I, I think I think this is the pick. I know Chase is a sexy pick, but you have to do this. You have wide receiver talent on that team. You need to protect Burrow. So I'm going Sewell. Yeah, I also have the Bengals taking Sewell. And I think it's funny when they posted their new jerseys, Everyone was pointing out the giant scar on Burrow's knee, and they're like, "Oh yeah." Zoomed in on, it. and they're like, "Tell, tell me you're taking a, a tackle in the draft without actually telling me." <laughs> so yeah, they need to. They have to keep that boy healthy. So yeah, um, I think last year approved it. So, but on to the number six. Who do you have? Yeah, so number six. Um, I've actually seen a couple of mocks where they have Miami moving again, um, either down a couple or up to number four. But I think at the end of the day, they end up taking Kyle Pitts at six. Um, okay. It's just Pitts has been the the like common number one best player, best non-quarterback. Um, and I think there was a time where he could have slipped maybe like a month ago. Maybe he was going to go a little like end of the top 10, but – I don't think he survives past pick six. So between yeah. between the fourth, he's going to go four, five, or six. I think Cincinnati yeah. would would not shock me if they like decided to grab him instead. Um, like Cincinnati is really in play for Sewell, Pitts, Chase. Um, they could even take Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. There, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I have I have Miami taking Pitts. All right. Uh, I similar mindset as you. I have the Dolphins going after a uh, number one guy, Fuller, Tua. Um, mm-hmm. But I have them taking Chase. Obviously, I already have Pitts off the board. So, Jamar Chase to Miami. Uh, you know, I think Jamar Chase, Devontae Parker, um, Gazeki, Tua, you know, rebounding after a rough rookie year. That's uh, the makings of a solid offense. You know, obviously, they have some more picks to build around, but getting an elite prospect for Tua to throw to. So, I, I think they go with Chase. I think Chase is ultimately why they traded back up to six. They wanted an elite option for Tua. And I think that's the guy. Him or Pitts. I had Pitts going already, so that's why I won't chase. But yeah, agree with that. Yeah. Um, now to get to my excitement, my little spice and pieces. Oh, you know, oh, this Lions pick it. has been rumored to be a very heavy trade bait. So I, you look at the Lions. 
they obviously have a like a hundred picks after that Matthew Stafford trade. <laughs> they're they're doing their bi yearly full complete rebuild as they do every two years. It feels like they just bi yearly. <laughs> um, so I have them doing this full on rebuild and getting as many picks as they can um, to just keep building this team. Their roster is terrible. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they're one of the worst teams in the league next year. Um, so I see them moving back. I see the Patriots actually pulling oh. the trigger and going up to seven. So. With only three quarterbacks off the board right now, um, I think it's very important for them to get ahead of Denver, who you already had making a trade. So mm -hmm. I think New England moves up, uh, giving up the 15th pick this year, a first next year, and probably a third, maybe another late-round pick this year to get it done. But I have them going up to seven, and I have them taking Justin Fields. I think Fields wow. is an established guy. I think Belichick would love to have a talent like him. He's mobile. I'll give Josh Daniels something different to work with. But, you know. They can work with them. There's no rush. Cam Newton can still go out there. I don't know how much he has left, but, you know, he's still on the roster. They already made the, the, the commitment to him for at least next year. But I think Fields is going to be the future, quarterback of the future. And I see the Patriots, you know, making the move. They have the, the second most picks this year. Bill Belichick loves to move in the draft. I see him moving up and getting the quarterback. So, uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I, I definitely thought about that. Um, but ultimately, I had the Patriots not trading into the top ten. And um, I had Detroit staying pat at number seven and taking Jamar Chase. Um, you, lo you lose Kenny Galladay. So, you know, what better way to replace a very good receiver with another very good receiver and give, um, you know, Jared Goff some weapons. Um, so, yeah, I've, I mean, again, with Jamar Chase, I don't think he survives past uh, pick. If, if he is available at eight or nine, I would assume if those teams uh, don't take him, that somebody else will, will try to jump jump up and try and oh, grab yeah. him. He's yeah, also I not – him and Pitts are definitely locks in my eyes to go top 10. So Yeah, I'd agree with you there. So uh, who did you have with Carolina at eight? Ah, uh, yes. So this is where it gets even more interesting. I had a feeling. You gave me that smug little <laughs> smile. Like, I'm about to do something evil and freaky. Let's go ahead. What do you got going on? This is, this is by far – my wildest predict like wildest pick wildest bull prediction okay so number eight through the carolina panthers trading with the minnesota vikings wow really okay and the minnesota vikings draft quarterback mac jones of alabama oh i don't know about this one this seems a little <laughs> too crazy that's that's what's that's what's good about it <laughs> They're still on hook for Cousins, and they're going to trade up all this to get it? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. So, what? Are, that's a huge jump. Where are the Vikings coming from? Where are they picking this year? Like, 20? No, they're at uh, 14. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. That's not that. Okay. So, you think they're going to make the jump for Mac Jones? Really? Yeah. All right. I think they, I think they saw on my board, at least, that four quarterbacks went already, mm -hmm. and they know New England – wants a quarterback and maybe Washington wants a quarterback. There's a couple of teams here that could make a play Chicago even. Um, so they look at that and say, you know what, let's make a move now to get better in our division. Let's go get a quarterback. Then they'll let Kirk cousins finish the year probably. And then I think transfer over to Mac Jones the year after, but. Okay. I mean, Panthers and the, um, the Lions are the two teams I'm looking at the most for the trade. They're two ahead. They're both ahead of Denver, which is quarterback heavy. And I think that's, if you're trading up, you'll have to get up in front of Denver. And uh, I think both of them, you know, have more than enough reason to go back. You know, I already told why the Lions should do it. And Carolina has Darnold. You know, they gave a couple picks to get him. But, uh, you know, I, I think more picks for them would be more beneficial than picking so high. So I see it, you know. But I don't know about the Vikings. I don't see that at all. That that seems a little unnecessary. But fair enough, fair enough. Well, I have Carolina saying, Pat, um, Mostly because the Patriots have already moved up, and I don't see the Broncos moving up one more one pick to get a quarterback when the Panthers aren't going to be looking for a quarterback. But I have them uh, drafting Rashawn Slater. You know, they they let Okung walk. They didn't sign him. They kept Moten on the um, on the tag. But you you got some weapons. The defense improved. You got some young pieces there. I think the offensive line is the big glaring hole. Hopefully McCaffrey's healthy, but you need a protect Darnold. You need to surround him with talent. The talent, I think, is um, there for the weapons-wise, but they're going to need to keep him upright. And I think Slater's good value. He didn't play this past year, but uh, I think he's the makings of a left tackle and one they can vote around. So I want with Slater. I can respect and that. Then, uh, I think it's a good pick. 
on a nine, this is where I have my fifth quarterback actually going in the top ten. Oh. And I have the Broncos extremely happy because they don't have to move up and they still get one of their quarterbacks there. And you know what? They'll give Locke a chance to figure it out because I think Trey Lance is going to need some time to adjust to NFL talent and, you know, competition and kind of, you know, learn the playbook. Um, but I have Trey Lance getting the picks by the Broncos. And then, you know, they have their pick. They go into the training camp with a competition. Um, at worst, maybe Locke plays this year. Mm-hmm. And then they hand the keys over to Lance if uh, they don't see success with Locke right away. Wow. I mean, if, if you're Denver, you definitely like your mock better than mine. Stay I'd pat say, and get Trey Lance. I think they have to move up to get him. But I, I listen, I, I don't think it's the Vikings moving up, but I wouldn't be surprised if the team does move up. The Bears were one I was curious, I was thought about because I could see them taking a huge jump and getting to that eighth spot. And it'll be interesting because I think seven or eight are both up for sale. I think either of those teams would move back and they're right in front of Denver. So it'll be interesting. But uh, who do you have the Broncos taken? Uh, so this is, uh, this is my back to back wildness going on here oh my god what, what does your mock drive look like a whole bunch of squiggly lines and <laughs> trades and nonsense like so this is going to be an interesting one um so let me explain oh, so first of all i have it so first of all i have uh, this is atlanta's spot right because i had them okay. trade with denver oh yeah you're right and um we have a team that's sitting a little farther back and they're looking at this saying you know what Someone we have very high on our board is still there. Um, it's not that the teams in front of us would take them, but maybe they're afraid someone might trade into one of those spots to grab them. Mm-hmm. And they realize this is a position they've been neglecting for many years. Someone's job could possibly be on the line. And they're like, you know what? This is the kind of player we need. The Philadelphia Eagles trade up to number nine with the okay. Falcons to draft Micah Parsons. Wow, really? Okay. I don't, I don't know about that. No. So I, I, I can see them trading up, but it's not for a linebacker. I know. I know. It's out of character. But um, there's been a couple things going around about his character lately. Uh, I don't think it'll be – I don't think it's an issue. I think it's just being overblown in the media. I think he still goes top 15, definitely. Okay. Um, but I don't – I was just going through this yesterday, and I was looking at him like – I could see them taking – I guess I actually thought there would be – if Jamar Chase slips to that eight or nine slot, I could see the Eagles trying to move up to get him. But Sure, yeah. They could. They would probably sit and take a receiver because I think Waddle, Waddle might be there. I think I think Devontae Smith will definitely be there. Um, but I just looked at it, and it was like I just had that feeling. I was like, you know what? They're going to do something that we're – they're going to surprise us for once and take a linebacker, so – that's really my reasoning for it. I just it was a right. it was a gut feeling. Fair enough. I mean, I they haven't taken a linebacker in the first round since what eighty five or whatever it was. I don't see them trading up to do it this time. Um, I have Parsons on the board when the Eagles are up, so I don't see the reason to trade up for him either. I um, but, I agree. Hey. I don't I don't think they need to, but I, I just think it's like a they want to make sure they get their guy deal. So okay, fair enough. All right, yeah, I'll I'll buy into it. I guess, but. Uh, Number you don't 10. have to get too much to move up to, to move up three spots either. So, okay, better be better be, you know, first linebacker they've taken since '85. You better be worth it. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, I was, so the Cowboys. Who? What do you have Yuck. them doing, or do you have something crazy, nonsensical going on with them as well? No, um, Cowboys are very smitten right now because they have a choice of all three top cornerbacks. Um, so honestly, this could be any, this could be Patrick Sertan, uh, JC Horn or Caleb Farley. Uh, I feel like the consensus here is that they're going to take Sertan. So that's who I have them drafting because their defense was horrible last year. Um, and they definitely need to work in that secondary. So, yeah, I actually agree with you. This is like a Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars, Sue out to the Bengals kind of pick in my eyes. I think he's going to be there. I think he fits a total need. Um, he'll be, you know, lined up on the other side of his teammate last year and Diggs when they were in L. Yeah, I together. think that's a, that's a cool dynamic too. Yeah, I think the offense is fine, ready to compete. They just need Dak to be healthy. But yeah, that defense is terrible, and I think that pick makes the most sense. And I think that's one that team and prospect is pretty much a match made in heaven. But uh, moving on to another NFC team. Now that we got three in a row here. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird how that happened. Yeah, I've got um, the Giants actually going wide receiver. 
I think Dave Gettleman needs Daniel Jones to succeed to save his job and his legacy because if Daniel Jones is not a Pro Bowl franchise quarterback, he will be continue to be the butt of all the jokes. <laughs> so I have them going drafting Devontae Smith, pair, um, pair him up with Kenny Galladay, bring back Saquon Barkley healthy, and you know what? That's You gave Daniel Jones everything he could possibly need and just hope that he figures it out because if he doesn't, I think this is it for Gettleman. So I think this is something to save his legacy and save his pet project in Jones, which has already been criticized enough over how high he was drafted. So I have them going out and helping Daniel a little bit more. How about you? Wow. Um, I like the pick. I agree they're going to go wide receiver, but if I was a betting man, I would say Jalen Waddell goes off the board before Devontae Smith. And I think, I think Waddell is a good fit for the Giants. So um, I had them drafting Jalen Waddell. So okay, I I can I will get behind that now. Well, you already had them trading up, so I've I've lost track on how many trades you have. So I don't even know who's drafting at twelve. So so yeah, yeah. at twelve it was the Eagles, but now it's the Falcons. Um, I think the Falcons at nine would have taken a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, but since they moved back a little bit, and Sertan's off the board, I think they still I think they still would have taken this guy regardless. Um, I think they go with J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Um, they need cornerback. I think he's a – he's a. some people say he's the top corner in the draft. So, I mean, I think I you have three – Yeah, I mean, I think you have three studs in Horn, Sertan, and Farley. So, um, I think J.C. Horn's a solid pick right here at 12 for the Falcons. Okay, I, I can get behind that. Um, I have the Eagles picking at 12. I didn't have any crazy trades or anything like no, you nothing did. Nothing ludicrous. So. No, but I think this is a dream scenario for the Eagles. I agree that they might trade up, but I don't see them doing it for a linebacker. I'd see it do it for a wide receiver, but in this situation, I have the wide receiver phone of them, so I have them taking Jalen Waddle. They need playmakers just of any type. They need players that can, one, you know, get some yak, get the yeah. ball and make plays. They haven't seen that in God only knows how long. So Waddle is the most explosive player in my eyes in this draft. I think Kim, Smith, Chase, Pitts, whoever it is, if they're there at 12, the Eagles are taking them, but I have Jalen Waddle. Um, and then, you know, you got Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. You hope Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback, and hopefully your young offense can grow together. So I have Waddle going to the uh, Eagles. The thing that, like, this is the thing. We know there's going to be at least three to four quarterbacks guaranteed to go before the Eagles. So they have pretty much, like, nine to ten players of their picking. So – if they don't like, we would be happy with what like any of the top like top any of the top three corners, Michael Parsons, any of the top three wide receivers, Kyle Pitts, any uh, Suell or uh, Slayer, I wouldn't be opposed to either. Some top tackles, yeah, I think like there's so value. many picks that you can make. If they somehow just ruin this, I'll be, I'll just blow my mind. Like how could you possibly ruin this pick? Um, but I heard. Yeah. Uh, if they take a wide receiver, I'll be more than happy. Jalen Hawada will put a huge smile on my face. Yeah, he um, he would have been on pace to 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 out to have better stats than Devontae Smith um, that season. But uh, I heard one comparison that he's very similar to uh, Jalen Rager, except that he does everything better. <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of harsh, yeah, but I mean, it goes into that mindset they had last year when they took Rager over Jefferson because they liked his versatility, his returnability. Um, Waddle has that; he's a versatile yeah. receiver. He's a guy that you just get the ball in his hands and he's going to make plays. And yeah, he is. Prospect wise, he's much better than Rager. He is uh, explosive, very shifty. I, he fits what they'd like at wide receiver. So I, I think it's an easy pick for them. And if he's there, I, I don't think they trip this up. I think it's pretty easy. Um, so that's who I have them going with. Um, Moving on, I've got the Chargers up next, and I have them in the same idea as the Bengals. They have a franchise quarterback, a young guy they need to protect. Mm. That offensive line is terrible. They made some moves, obviously brought in Lindsay, the all-pro center, which is good. They need that, but I still think they need a left tackle. I have them drafting Christian Darrisaw, um, Virginia Tech offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Might be a slight reach because you're taking the third tackle on, um, um, in the draft there, but Listen, you, you got Herbert. He's the, someone you build around. Protect him. Look at what the Bengals are failing with Joe Burrow and take that as a lesson. Their offense line arguably is even worse than the Bengals. Um, so I, I think 
with the Lindsay addition, drafting Darosol, that's that goes miles. So I think that's an easy pick for them. I could definitely see that. Um, uh, as far as my board has gone, the Chargers are probably like got the biggest smile on their face because Rashawn Slater is still there. So I have them taking him uh, number 13. Um, that's an, yeah, that'd be a good. That just flattened off for them, I think. But then right into um, no, pick number 14, I had uh, Carolina traded with Minnesota. So this is Carolina's pick. Okay. Um, and I had them taking Darisol, the tackle that you just had okay. off the board. So, yeah, you know I, what? I'm actually in the same. Oh, you had the Panthers take on there, Mike. Yeah. Like, funny enough, I think I had, I had Slater. Oh, you said Darisol, my bad. Because yeah, I yeah. have the Vikings. Sorry, I can't keep track on who's drafting on your team. So I'm just. <laughs> I'm just trying to take notes and follow along, but you know, it's all over the place. We're on, we're I had, on yeah. Go ahead. It's you're on pick 14. So it's uh Minnesota for you, probably. Yeah, no, I, I had Minnesota staying there. Um Minnesota needs offensive line help, especially in the interior. Like they could have not used an upgrade at center and both guard spots. That's why I've been yeah. taking them. Barrett Tucker from USC, he's a versatile offensive lineman. He especially on the inside, like he can play multiple positions. And I think that's ultimately what the Vikings need, you know, bring in a guy that's talented and find a spot for him to play. And I think on that offensive line, there's plenty of opportunity for improvement. I think he, I think Vera Tucker is a great player. I had, I just didn't know where to put him. And then, um, I mean, he, he goes in the first round, but he, he's pretty late on my board. Um, but that's just how like the chips fell. Yeah. Um, but going into, so then you had uh, – who did you – you had the Pats trade with who? I have the line. So this actual pick, I think if you're Detroit, you, you're – Okay. So number 15, you have Detroit picking. Who would you have them go with? Uh, I have them as someone actually that even at number seven I think would be a good pick. And I haven't taken Mark Parsons. Wow. So, you know, yeah, Motor that's... City Dan Campbell, he's a, he's a defensive, you know, attitude guy. I think he would love a linebacker. I wouldn't worry about the character issues. Because this guy's press conference, he talks about eating kneecaps. So I, I think he's going to make sure that every player is playing their hardest and they're motivated, and he's going to bring out the effort in all of them. I don't think you're going to get by by taking snaps off and playing with weak effort like Parsons has been claimed to have been. But he's an elite prospect. I think he's the best defense player in this draft. Um, it's just the way that it worked out. Um, I think I have him going to 15. And great value for the Lions. I think the Lions throw a party if they can get a couple extra picks, a first-round pick next year, and still take one of the best players in the draft at 15. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of my reasoning why I think the the someone's going to trade up, if not the Eagles, to get Parsons earlier because of his you know potential and like you said, he's very competitive. And what did we just hear um, the Eagles head coach saying that he uh, likes to play rock paper scissors with the prospects over Zoom meetings to gauge their competitiveness, which a lot of people laughed at, but like I do I mean, like it. I, I do like it. Yeah, but like I, that's what I was saying. People were like trolling him and making fun of it, and like, oh, this this is your coach. What a joke! I'm like, yeah, but how? What, they're on Zoom. They're virtually meeting. How would you, how would you yeah. gauge someone's competitiveness? It's just fun. Yeah. Like it's bonding with the I players. Mean, I don't. I'm all I don't for it. The they they ask all kinds of ridiculous things in those yeah. interviews. So I, at least there's something like people they ask questions like you know, what animal would you be in the animal kingdom? What is that actually going to tell you about? Like, what, what does that have to do with anything? At least the rock paper to shoot, you can like argue that, you know, it should gauge their competitiveness. They should want to win in everything they do. And that's something I can believe I can buy into. I guarantee you any player in an interview for a team that could draft them would 10 out of 10 times want to play rock, paper, scissors, then be grilled by questions. So yeah, no, I um, agree. I was, I thought it was funny. I, I wasn't mad about it at all. I thought it was cool. It's like, yeah, that's kind of unique. It's, it's a way to bond. So, um, but yeah, I got you. this is, um, so I had New England still at 15 and this is the last of my nonsense trades. Um, yeah, you're wheeling and dealing in this draft. So this, this one was, I just looked at my board and what was happening. So I had two, tackles go back to back in Slater and Darisol. Okay. And New England was sitting there like, well, our quarterback's gone. Um, there's like plenty of good players still up, but we could definitely trade back and still get a good guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just me knowing a little bit about the player that's now on this team. But I looked at this and I said, the Indianapolis Colts 
look at this board and say, you know what, we need some offensive line, but two great tackles just went. Who's still on the board? Devontae Smith. Let me trade mm. up and get Carson Wentz a really big-time weapon. So I have the Colts trading with the Patriots at 15 and drafting Devontae Smith because they're shocked that he's still there. Wow, all right. I, I, I can find that. I think it's a good value. I mean, I definitely yeah. that's a, definitely a slide, so why not go take advantage of it? So I can get behind that. Um, I have, let's see, so that was 15. So I'm at 16. I've got the Arizona Cardinals up on the board. Mm. Good value pick here. Um, I have them taking cornerback. I went with JC Horn. Okay. I, I think he's, you know, I think a 16 is a big a slide for him. And I have a lot of offense town quarterbacks in general going high. So Micah Parsons, Horn, they all get pushed back. Patrick Peterson obviously left, left this year. Um, so I think they go try to draft the guy to be a number one guy and take his spot right away. And Horn's that guy. I like that. Um, I went a similar route, but I already had JC Horn off the board. So I had the Cardinals taking Caleb Farley. Um, I really okay. hope his, his back situations feel like he's healthy and he fully recovers. Cause I know the sentiment around him is that it could be a, um, you know, life career long damaging thing. So it could, yeah. it could come back to bite him. but you still have to look at the, the potential. Cause all, you know, when you draft players half, sure. They, some of them might be really NFL ready, but a lot of them still have to work on things. They're not fully perfect players yet so yeah he's definitely got some some work to be done but phenomenal prospect and obviously a big virginia tech guy myself i'm happy to see him uh going up pretty high so yeah farley at 16 the cardinals okay um at least this word 17 so this is another i think the raiders i think there's a great defensive value again um this is gonna be three picks i have back to back with defensive players that are just falling back just due okay. to all the offensive talent so i have the raiders drafting quitty pay um He's the edge defender from uh, Michigan. They need pass rush help. They obviously missed on the Cleveland Farrell pick, it looks like, when they took him fourth overall. Yeah. No, I, Gruden and Mayock, I, they made so many interesting picks, we'll put it that way, whereas you, know, I think they reached on most of the picks they've made together. Yeah. But I, have re- I can't really get a feeling of what they're going to do, but this seems like a, a good value pick for them. Um, it fills a need. They need pass rush help. They kind of they haven't really filled that, that need since they traded away Colmax, so I have them going defense taking him. Yeah, their defense is uh, not not the bad. They got some – I mean, Jonathan Abraham's a good safety. They got some decent players. But um, I could definitely see them going edge. Um, I look at what they did or didn't do, so to speak, in the offseason and lost some offensive line pieces. So I have the, the Raiders taking Tevin Jenkins, the tackle out of Oklahoma State at 17. Not a bad um, pick. What's that? Not a bad pick since they wanted to get rid of the half the half of their offensive line. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you gotta you gotta build in the trenches. So I think um like they said, they've been missing on some of these, but I think I think Jenkins is a good pick at 17 for them. And then moving right into 18, we seem to have a little bit of this back and forth going on. I had the Dolphins taking uh Quiddy Pay, the guy you just had off the board. Um edge rusher out of Michigan. So yeah. That's an interesting that our great minds think alike. I have no, them taking no. um um don't kill me on his pronunciation. Aziz Ajajari, <laughs> maybe. Um Ajulari. Yeah, I don't know how to yeah, pass it either. The pass rusher from Georgia. So may, same mindset as you. I, I you know, I do think they need a little edge rush. Um Brian Flores is obviously a defensive coach. Um, I think a pass rush then would help a lot because they have a, a elite secondary with um their um, cornerback tandems. Um, and I think just a little extra pass rush could help in a, a long way, especially after a couple of picks. I haven't seen Jamar Chase on offense, but I think it's defensive time. Yeah, I, I'm. I think besides like um, obviously with the order of quarterbacks go that are going to go, I think the edge slash like linebackers are super interesting because like I also have a, a Jalari or however you pronounce it, the guy you just had. I also had him going, but not till later, and I had some other edge rushers and backers go ahead. Um, because you know it seems to be all over the place for as far as team preferences and stuff. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how it all falls. But um, keeping with my defensive, uh, you know, run here because I think I'm on uh, like five defensive players in a row mm. and about six. Here we go with another name. I'm gonna just brutally murder. But uh, I have the football team drafting Jeremiah <laughs> Awusu Koromoa. Uh, linebacker from Notre Dame. So 
Yeah, I, um, I took probably the two hardest names back to back here. So just to embarrass myself, but you know, Riverboat Ron is a linebacker, a former linebacker. He's a defensive coach. His best years with Carolina were with Keekley, um, you know, mm-hmm. Thomas Davis. The front seven, I think, you know, the defense line is incredible. They have great pass rush, but I think they could use a little more help um, in the linebacker core. I think it's good value. Again, another defender I see sliding just on the run of offensive players in the top 10. So I think it's a good pick for them. What about you? Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's funny. I, I As soon as you said he was hard to pronounce, I immediately looked on my board and then I saw saw his name and I was like, this is the guy he's going to take. <laughs> but uh, I had a similar thought that, you know, Washington's a weird team because they, they're very, they're like low key, very solid. Like they don't have a ton of needs. Um, they have like good players. They don't have any like phenomenal players on offense, but they have good players. Um, quarterback. I think they're in play for a quarterback, but maybe not till the second or third round. Um, I would not be shocked to see maybe a running back go like a Najee Harris or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a wide receiver, but I had them going defense as well, and they lost Ronald Darby to the Broncos, so I think they draft corner, and I had them taking uh, Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Okay, fair enough. Um, funny you chose cornerback here because I went corner on my very next pick. Um, I continue with the defensive run. A guy you already had off the board, and again, another guy I have fallen a little bit, but at 20, it's funny because Chicago Bears just let Kyle Fuller walk away uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a big loss for them. Um, so I have them replacing him with another Virginia Tech corner. And I have Caleb Farley, if all the medical uh, stuff checks out, I have Chicago drafting him at 20 and replacing Kyle Fuller with him and give him a little uh, young cornerback tandem with, uh, I believe it was Jalen Johnson they drafted last year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, build on the defense. They've always been a defense franchise. The offense could use some help, but I thought the Kyle Farley was the best value there. Okay, so they lose a Virginia Tech corner and they draft a Virginia Tech corner. Right. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Way to do it. Um, I took a pretty, I don't know if I would say it is safe, but a pretty common um, draft for the Bears. I had him taking the Minnesota wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Okay. Um, I think he's a good, I mean, it's funny because last year we, we said this is the greatest wide receiver draft of all time. And I already think this like this draft is shaping up to be just as good. Um, just all around talent. And even the wide receivers are also really good. So we'll see. I mean, Chicago could use a little bit of everything, I feel like. Um, yeah. But I, I think I think the value Bateman at 20 is a good, good value. So yeah, especially with the uncertainty about whether Alan Robinson's gonna resign after that franchise tag. Something about just doesn't me might have signed that French type, but I don't think he has any future plans of staying there. Yeah. Um so we'll you you had 21, so you had the Colts 21, correct? Yeah, this one, um, obviously Costanzo um retired, you mm-hmm. know, this past offseason. Carson Wentz has got a very long injury history we know about. We saw him struggle mightily this year due to offensive line issues. So I think the Colts realize that. Look at that and decide they're going to be uh, very proactive and fix that. So I am taking uh, Samuel Cosme off the tech from Texas. Might be a little reach, but I just think the need's too great, that they need to do something there. The team's overall pretty solid, so I think this is their biggest glaring need. A uh, wide receiver would have made sense, but I think they need to protect Wentz as much as they can after they invested in him. How about you? Um, so I had, this is, I had the Colts trading with the Patriots, so this is uh... – at 21, I have the Patriots picking, and um, I was looking through, and they have a couple of needs. Um, their their defense was not as stout as it was in past years. I mean, and they also had a lot of players sit out because of COVID. Um, yeah. But I looked at the my list of who was available, and I saw a linebacker from Tulsa named Zaven Collins. And to me, that just sounds like a Patriot name, like a, a player that would play on the Patriots. So. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I went with uh, Collins to the Pats. So most ridiculous uh, reason for a draft pick so far has got to be, well, his name just sounds like a Patriots player. Doesn't so. Collins but, sounds like a, a New England Patriot name, does it not? It sounds like a last name that <laughs> a, like, a New England linebacker. Of the population has. <laughs> All right. Um, going on our 22, staying in the AFC South, who do you have? 22, so I have the Titans. I don't have any more trades after this. Um, I actually think they're typically in – 20 to 32 there's actually more trades i feel like but 
I just played it safe and I had no more trades after this. So I had Tennessee taking uh, a wide receiver since they lost um, Corey Davis in the offseason. He went to the Jets, right? Corey Davis? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have them drafting uh, Mississippi wide receiver Elijah Moore, a little speedster to pair with uh, A.J. Brown. That's a nice little duo right there with obviously a pretty, pretty okay running back in Derrick Henry. Well, hey, listen, you got a pair of Ole Miss wide receivers now. Uh, you know, so I, I like I like the pick. I actually think in the same thing as you. Yeah, they lost Corey Davis. They lost Jono Smith as well, their pass catcher tight end, and Adam Humphreys. Um, so you, I think wide receiver is a huge need. Um, I have them taking Rashad Bateman, uh, the wide receiver of Minnesota. Um, I, I, best available, honestly. He, you know, big body guy. He's got great hands, makes plays, and I think right across from A.J. Brown will help a lot. So I think it's needed. Um, moving on at 23, I have the Jets up again. This pick, you, you know, I, I was thinking about their coach. Salah is a defensive line guy. He had an incredible success in the Niners with an outstanding pass rush. Jalen Phillips, um, edge from Miami is who I have him going with. Obviously, he has a long medical history as well. Had to retire at one point in college. Um, mm-hmm. But he's talented. He's got a lot of talent. Assuming he checks out, I think it's a good value pick for them. And I think Salah is going to want to build it just like he built his defense, just like it was with the Niners with outstanding pass rush. And I think that's what he does with Jalen Phillips. I can see it. Um, I think one team in particular that could definitely trade up in this um, early 20s spot would be the Bills. I think they could definitely look for a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't, I don't have anyone else moving. So I had the Jets also thinking defense. Um, and after that crazy, uh, what was it, like a Hail Mary almost? Not a Hail Mary, but it was like a deep 40-yard pass that they lost that game to the Raiders against because they didn't want to play prevent defense. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a reach maybe, but I had them taking cornerback Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Um, okay. I think it's a good fit for them and – like you said, Sal is a defensive guy, so why not start your first first draft with a defensive player? All right, and then um, to number 24, I have the Steelers staying pat. This this one was tricky because I had quite a few backers and corners go off the board, and those are some players I think they might target. Um, uh-huh. But this was kind of a, a sexy pick. I had them taking uh, – you know, they lost, they lost uh, James Conner to the Cardinals, and – they could definitely use a running back, so I've been taking Najee Harris. He seems like a real Pittsburgh running back style, so um, I think he'd be a great value there. I think the running backs typically don't go till later in the rounds nowadays. I mean, you have a couple of exceptions like Saquon and Zeke that go early, but yeah, um, I, I think I think Harris goes in this twenty to thirty-two range. So I am going to Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I, you know what, I like that. I like that pick a lot um, for the Steelers. I think that they drastically need a running back. Uh, yeah. They moved on from James Conner. Like a playmaking running back. <laughs> yeah. I, but you know what? And I had them taking the running back in my first one I did, but it was like something about the running back in the first round is not a Pittsburgh Steelers move. They, I just, they don't, not True. a team that I thought was going to pull the trigger. And um, I didn't love the value at um, 24. So I actually had them going a different um, pick. So obviously they, the big loss fan Bud Dupree went and signed with the Titans. And I think there was a major drop off in quality of play from them when he got hurt. And mm. I think it was pretty obvious. I had them taking a little bit of a, a, a risk here. So I have them drafting Jason Awoo, Awoo, another guy I'm going to brutally ruin his name. Penn um, State guy. Edge, yeah, the edge defender from Penn State. He, hasn't, he doesn't have great college numbers. But his athleticism, he killed his pro day. He's got the body. He's got the skills. He's he got was a speed. monster last year. Yeah, he's very uh, – he's, he, he's got the, the potential, I think. He's more potential than production. But I see the Steelers drafting him, pairing him with T.J. Watt. You know, give him a – he doesn't have to be the number one edge rusher right away. He's going to be playing across the from one of the best defenders in football, and I think that will help him a lot. But I think yeah. they see him as a boomer bust guy that they can really develop and they develop linebackers like nothing. So um, first round pick obviously um, makes more sense. I think the Steelers go on edge. They have a long history of drafting linebackers and uh, edge rushers higher. So I, I think that this was a pick that just made, made a lot of sense for them. Um, moving on though, I have the Jaguars on the board again. Um, we have them de- uh, drafting Trevor Lawrence, but I think it's time they, you know, put some weapons around him. I think they could use some wide receivers. So I have them taking, um, 
Kadarius Tooney, the wide receiver in Florida. So nice okay. uh, slot guy who I think will just be perfect for a young quarterback. Um, and you know what? The, the Jaguars could honestly just draft anyone. Anyone will probably <laughs> be an upgrade on anyone that they have. But I, I think they invested a heavy um, in in um, the offense and skills players to really help um, Lawrence. So I haven't gone Tooney. Fair enough. I uh... – I had the Jags going defense. I had them taking the safety out of TCU, uh, Trayvon Morig. Um, okay. I think this is also a good spot for him. Uh, I think a safety – safeties typically do kind of go with that later end of the first. So, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a need. Like you said, Jacksonville could use a couple spots to fill. Yeah. Um, I could see them going wide receiver as well. Um, but they do have some young, good receivers already. So we, we'll see. Yeah. Um, moving on, um, I have the – so for the Browns, I have them going uh, Christian Barrymore, the interior defensive line for Alabama. I think the Browns go heavy defense. You know, uh, the offense, I think, is there. The offense line is one of the best in football. Baker's their guy. They have an excellent run game. They, I was thinking about a wide receiver here, but I didn't love the value since I had so many off the board already. You are bringing back Odell. Um, I think offensively they're okay. I think defense is where they really need to improve. And with Garrett and now Clowney on the outsides, I saw the interior defense line more of a need than interior. So I think Barrymore fits good value there, and he fits the need. So I went um, him for the Browns at 26. Yeah, I was along the uh, same kind of mindset that their offense is pretty set. Um and so I, I think linebacker would be a good spot for them. And um, this is where I have uh, the guy you've has struggled to pronounce, uh, Jeremiah. Oh, Owusu, let me see you do this. Owusu Koromoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. All over it. Uh-huh. So you had him going at uh, 19 to Washington. I have him at 26 to Cleveland. So that's a great value for them. I think they definitely need either edge or linebacker. Um, I can see them taking a safety too, but with, I had Morey go off the board right before them, so I think linebacker is a good fit for them. Okay. Um, and what about – so I think we're back in the AFC North again with the Ravens. What are you thinking? <clears throat> so, yeah, Ravens. Um, there's a guy you just mentioned a couple of picks ago. Uh, I think they need some help on defense as well. Um, so I had them taking the Miami edge rusher – uh, Jalen Phillips I think it's a okay. it's a good fit for them there yeah no I, I like that pick especially lost Judon I think it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense um, I would I was thinking that but you know what I didn't love the value mm-hmm. I actually like um, and listen Jackson's coming up I think he's eligible for extension next year they need to start really his concerns passing are mighty but they're they don't really have many weapons around him so I have them investing in Lamar um, I have them drafting Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Okay. I think him with Marquise Brown, Max Andrews, you know, it's a good, that, probably their best uh, trio of playmakers they've had since Lamar Jackson's been there. Um, mm. You know, he's, he's obviously had a struggle passing the ball, but I think, you know, they're just going to keep investing in um, some more weapons around him. Um, so I have them going with Elijah Moore and helping Lamar out a little bit more. I could definitely see them going playmaker. Um. So moving on, let's see, to the NFC South. So we got the Saints. Saints, I think, are in a big transition period here. And this pick, I actually was thinking a lot with the news that just came out a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. But obviously, Marshawn Lattimore got arrested, and it seemed like there were some pretty hefty charges against him. So uh, that's to be played out. But uh, even so, I think they could have used help at cornerback anyway. So I have been taking Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. Okay. Um, I believe they, I believe Janaris Jenkins. Uh, was released um, by them this offseason. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, he's with the Titans. So I think, you know, it'll fill a need. And depending on what happens with Lattimore, and Lattimore, again, is up as a free agent, I think, next year. So who knows if he's going to be able to stick around. So that's where I have him going. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think New Orleans quietly has kind of a few needs. Um, some of their players are getting a little older. Um, yeah. Especially but- how bad their salary cap's at. You don't know who's going to be able to resign. Yeah, um, but I, I looked at it as, you know, you lost Emmanuel Sanders. You really don't have anyone else to pair with Mike Thomas. Um, so I had them taking uh, Kadarius Tony, 
the guy you had a little earlier, um, the wide receiver out of Florida. I think they need some more playmakers, especially now that it's the, you know, Jameis Winston show or the whoever the hell is going to play quarterback. Um, yeah. I think they definitely need to address wide receiver. So I'd go with, go with Tony there. So then I'm actually going to piggyback off you. I'm going to go with the Packers uh, right into another wide receiver. Uh, this being the seventh wide receiver I have in the first round. So like you mentioned earlier, it is, I think it is going to be wide receiver heavy like it was last year. Yeah. The Packers continue to refuse to uh, draft wide receivers <laughs> or sign wide receivers, but I think ultimately they give in. I think ultimately this is the, this is the draft. This is the time they finally bring in another wide receiver outside Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. And mm-hmm. I have them going Terrence Marshall um, from LSU. Big body guy. Um, incredibly productive. He kind of got overshadowed being teammates with uh, Jefferson and Jamar Chase last year. And then the LSU obviously struggled this year, but I think he's a very um, talented wide receiver. And I think across from Adams and uh, Rod with uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing the passes, I think it'll be a great move for that offense. Yeah, I think he's pretty underrated as far as the draft goes. Um, like you said, definitely overshadowed by Jamar Chase, but good pick. I like it. I don't see them doing that, though. Okay. doesn't enough. seem very Packer-like. Yeah, I mean, um, eventually they have to. Eventually they got to get him some more weapons. Uh, I'm trying to double-check on my board real quick to see where this guy went. Um... Oh, okay. So – Packers pick at 29 and you had this guy going at 14 to the Vikings. So if I'm green Bay and I'm sitting there, I'm like, why the hell is this guy still on the board? This is like, if we're going best value, this guy's probably one of the best players left. So I had them taking the uh, interior offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Um, okay. I mean, they, they just lost their center to the, he signed with the chargers yeah. Um, they could, you, no team is ever fully set a line. You can always use linemen. Um, so I think this, if he falls that far and Green Bay doesn't take him, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, okay. some of these other teams should have taken him too. Uh, I think he probably goes a lot earlier, but like I said, that's just how my board kind of developed. And, you know, I looked at it and it was like, that's a, that's a best available take, take right there. So. Okay. And then, uh, what about, uh, Buffalo at 30? Who are you thinking? Uh, so Buffalo, another guy who, so like I said earlier, I think they really need some, some pass rush. Um, so I think I have them taking the Penn state edge rusher, uh, Jason Owa or away, um, a little bit, like you said, a little bit of a, of a project, but the raw talent is insane. So, um, I think if anyone can get it, get him together, you know, McDermott's a great guy for that. Um. They have some good pieces in, in Buffalo to contend again. Uh, they're definitely one of my top picks for contenders, I would say, for the Super Bowl, as long as they, you know, have a nice draft. So I think definitely yeah. addressing the edge, you know, getting some more pass rushes is definitely going to be huge. No, I, I mean, I like to pick. I Ultimately, I, they are they're a roster ready for to contend for the Super Bowl. They have some holes like edge, I agree, but their biggest hole and one that they need to fix, and I think is perfect value here, is um, I have them taking Najee Harris. Josh oh, Allen has wow. been the he's been the lead rusher since you know he's been there. I think the last two years, Devil Singletary and Zach Moss aren't doing enough. They're not getting it done at all. Yeah. Bringing an elite running back that can take some pressure off that um, passing game. Who's, I mean, even we talked about it in the playoffs in last season. It's just they seem to just pass the ball because they can't run it to save their life. So mm-hmm. I think it would really, really open up the offense a little more to have a. Um, um, like an elite caliber running back prospect back there. Um, he'd immediately walk in and be the best running back on that team. And I think the team that's really, that has a really solid roster is ready to compete. I think this is a position of need where they can really um, improve. So um, moving on to another team that I think has got a Super Bowl ready roster, but has one glaring need. And I think that they're <laughs> also going to address here. And I think they realized what that need was after they saw him, you know, I would hope so. run for his life all game. And then they decided to move on from both their tackles. Yeah. Um, again, like, like I said, with the Colts, I think this is, they need to make this pick regardless who's on the board, they need to bring in someone. So I have them bring in um, Dylan Rasden, the uh, offensive tackle for North Coast state. He was the protecting the blind side for Trey Lance. Okay. Um, again, I think it has to be a tackle. There's really not many holes in this team outside of that. So whoever's there, I think it's the best available tackle on the, the Chiefs are, are sprinting uh, whoever his name is to the commissioner. 
I can see that. I have a very similar uh, mindset because I watched that Super Bowl and watched, you know, Pat Mahomes have to break out of the pocket on more than like 50% of his snaps or drop back. So I I had them taking uh, the Alabama tackle, Alex Leatherwood. I think it's a good okay. fit there. Um, I think they – I think no matter what they do, if they stay put, move up, or move back, their first pick will be a lineman, uh, an offensive yeah. lineman, because it's just – like you said, they're, they're Super Bowl ready, but they just have one huge glaring lead, and it's passionate yeah. up that line. So I'd be surprised. I wouldn't – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe even move back if they can get a couple extra picks uh, if yeah. that offensive tackle is not there. Um, but I think that's their whole goal is even maybe to move up if they're worried that there's going to be a run on it. But I think one way or another, they need to bring an offensive tackle that can protect for Mahomes. Um, so back to the final pick, who do you got for the defending champs? Yeah. So, um, the rich get richer Tampa Bay, um, kind of in a similar vein as my Packers pick where they sat, they stayed pat and end up taking best available player. Um, I have Aziz Ojolari, oh, I don't know, however you pronounce his name. The address right at Georgia. I'm glad we got to the complicated names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had him going eight, uh, 18 to Miami. I mean, I have him going almost double that, like 32 down to Tampa. So they're smitten that he falls into the lap. Great player. Um, and like I said, Tampa just keeps getting the luck with this. Players coming back, players falling in their laps. So, um, where, where'd you have the Bucks going? So I had, even though you know this is another team that doesn't have a lot of holes, yeah. um, but even though they did bring back Lombardi, Lenny, uh, Sean McCoy still you know retired. Ronald Jones, I think, is very limited, but I have them drafting Travis Etienne, who I think would come in and be the number one running back immediately. Wow! Um, it can't hurt to have as many playmakers as you can, and. Ultimately, I love Etienne. I thought he was incredible at Clemson. I think he is the best value pick here. I do think him and Najee Harris are both first-round running backs, but who knows if they're going to be drafted first round with how uh, devalued the position is. But yeah. your team like the Buccaneers, they really don't have many holes. You still want to compete. Um, as long as Brady's there, they're Super Bowl contenders. I see uh, Etienne coming in and uh, improving that running back position immediately. So I like the pick for them. Um, I think Tampa would be extremely happy to bring him in as well. I, you know what, that might be the first pick of yours that I, I'm not fully on board with just because, I mean, I definitely agree the talents, like if you're taking best available, regardless of what you already have, he's definitely worthy of that spot. But I mean, I just look at it. I mean, they just signed Giovanni Bernard and they have Fournette and they have Ronald Jones. Like that's three good running backs already. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's room for him right now. Um, But I mean, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see them draft a running back. It just doesn't I mean, seem like Lombardi it. Lombardi Lenny is on a one-year deal. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Ronald Jones got cut out in offseason, to be honest with you, uh, even without bringing in yeah, ATN. Ronald Jones played better in the playoffs than Fournette did, didn't he? What, Lombardi Lenny you're talking about? The guy was nicknamed after his uh, playoff run. Yeah, whatever. Hey, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it turns out. We've got uh, less than a week until we can criticize each other's mocks when they're horrendously wrong. Yeah, um, that was good. I, I think I'll probably uh, look over this and then want to change it again. But, I mean, this was my first mock. I usually – I feel like normally I end up having, like, three. But I usually don't wait this long to do a mock. But it just felt like – we never, there was so much uncertainty with trades and stuff that I wanted to wait at least yeah. till a week ahead before I started really digging into it. So, um, yeah, your, your drafts all over the place. Any, uh, any takeaways from, from my picks opposed to yours? I, I mean, I, I didn't hate your picks. I think your trades are a little out there. I, I don't, they're a little I, wild, I yeah. do not see the Vikings trading up for a quarterback and I do not see the Eagles trading up for Michael Parsons. I can was... believe they'll trade up, but I don't see it for Michael Parsons. That that's that. My thinking was that Minnesota is a is the dark horse quarterback candidate. Like we'll I would not yeah. just look at like they they've been so they've had talent for so many years and just have not been able to do anything because of inconsistent quarterback play. So maybe they're finally like this is it. You know we're 
we're going to finally do something, make a change and go after it. So I wouldn't rule it yeah. out. I don't, if I, I wouldn't bet on it, but you know, it's my mock and that's, you know, what I, what I think. So. Fair enough. But yeah, I can get behind it. Um, any final thoughts there? Um, not really. I mean, I think your, your draft's pretty good as well. Um, nice compliment from you yeah how about that fluttered butterflies coming up i think i think you're just you know pretty realistic i don't i don't know um i don't really know how this is all going to play out we always have these players in place and then you know a bunch of them either get pushed to the second round or like these unknown players hop into the first that we're supposed to go in like the third so um but I think everyone we listed is definitely worthy of a first round pick. I don't think either of us really reached too high. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I agree, I agree with the, the Niner pick of Mac Jones solely because of that's what we've been hearing, but I just, I just wouldn't do it personally, but yeah, I hear you, but I'm ready. Well, until next time we'll get right. ready. I'm, who knows? We might have another mock or two to, to bust out before the draft. Maybe. All right. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, take care and look forward to the NFL draft next week. All right. Talk to you. Peace out. Peace.